Welcome to the Craft a Path podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Michalek. Listen along as I chat with fellow travelers and eccentrics about the interesting lifestyles they live. In this world of options, why follow the masses when you can craft a path? Fed up with politics? Desperate for change? Andrea Hoffmanova once felt the same. But rather than turning to social media to complain, she became involved in the efforts to create positive change. In this conversation, Andrea cast a demystifying light into the lives of politicians so as to remind us that we're all humans the same, and that by starting small at a local level, you too can influence a nation. You're listening to the Craft of Path podcast with today's guest, Andrea Hoffmanova, on her path to politics. Well, it's great to catch up and we can talk about whatever you want, but the reason why I wanted to record the conversation is I recently started this project. I'm calling it Craft a Path with the idea being that when I was younger, I felt like I wasn't exposed to many options. I knew that I could, you know, work at a hotel, work in tourism or be a teacher or, you know, these very basic career paths. Uh And in years since, I've discovered such a variety of options. And of course, we haven't even introduced your your position, but working in politics, that's something that people see politicians every day. It dominates the news, especially the American media. But for me, at least, it seems like one of those positions that other people do it doesn't really seem like something that the average person could get, could get into if they were interested. And while you're certainly not an average person, I would say that you are um, a little more interesting than the average person, a little more well-read and experienced, but it seems like you did have a more traditional path and then you found a way to enter politics. And that's something I'm really interested in. Like what inspired you to get into it and how did you, go about it with those initial steps. Yeah, I was thinking about it because like you can simply plan to be an architect or a teacher or anything else, but I'm not sure if you can plan to become a politician. You know what I mean? Like uh, I I never, uh, I never thought of becoming one. Uh, I never planned to do it. It just came, you know, so I think that um, this profession is uh, connected to some uh, competences and skills you need to have, plus some expertise, which kind of leads you into uh, into some topics or themes to focus on in politics. Sure. But uh, much more than uh, occupation, I guess it's a commitment. It's a commitment because it's very unstable. You can't really plan your career. Uh, you are dependent on people on every elections, but you are also dependent on the party you are a candidate of, on the relationships. So there are so many factors you can't really influence. You know, like uh, yeah. if you study hard, if you, if you have enough clients, if you if you if you are good at work, uh, you do you can somehow like uh, go higher and higher. But in politics, nothing is really predictable. You know, of course. So. <laughs> it seemed for that reason, it seems very exciting, but also very stressful. Mm-hmm. And it seems like even when you're away from the office, you're never off the clock. Like you're always sort of on call. You're always expected to answer if a crisis comes up. And this year there have been many. So, yeah, yeah, th- this is the first thing. And it, it, of course, like, you know, I've been in a position for two years. Uh, uh, I've been active in politics for the last six years. But um, except for what you are saying, that you are committed 24-7, we can say, it also kind of affects your relationships because uh, many people have prejudices about politics and some of the decisions you make are not simply popular. So uh, you keep losing your friends, you you keep uh, losing uh, some kind of um, acquaintances you have, maybe because of the decisions you made, which were not really popular, but still you believe uh, they were good. 
so uh, so it's not only about this commitment but it really affects your life as such and um, there there is one thing um, I mean politics or people don't really talk about and I guess it's connected with these like um, 24/7 positions uh, or or works not only politicians but maybe actors and this kind of like people yeah uh, the relationships and even the uh, closest relationships are broken down like uh, many of my colleagues have quite uh, problems at homes with their partners that don't understand the type of the work because it's just not the work you go to you stay for eight hours and then you come home you need to speak to a lot of people and um yeah. And some people consider it to be just fun that you are just talking to somebody, you are going to some events, you know, you are take you are taking photos of with I don't know important or famous people, but it's it's just not this. But it's part of that. But uh, you can hear from many people, oh, you don't really do anything. You just go to parties or events or to assemblies, to meetings. You meet uh, interesting people. It's a dream job but it's not <laughs> and uh, like you have to do it. So uh, as, uh, as anything you can do quite a lot, you uh, quite a lot, you can get sick of it. Uh, but uh, it's also about uh, very important decisions you make about the responsibility you have. Mm, I mean, you're very often investigated by the police because uh, for example, some people may, Uh, questions your steps you make uh, which I'm sure they question clinical. every step yeah so, so you go to the police stations and you uh, you know you you have to answer uh, many many questions by wow. different representatives so you are under stress all the time and Uh, that's maybe why the, the community of politicians kind of sticks together, uh, no matter which parties they come from, because they understand each other's work much more than maybe closest people in the family. So uh, the, the breakups of families, uh, you know, the impossibility to um, make new contacts, like new friends, close friends, yeah. is one of the downsides of this. But on the other hand, it's thrilling, it's exciting because you have the potential uh, to change something and maybe that's the main draw and motivation you do it. And uh, you need to be kind of like uh, dedicated uh, to that. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. You just, uh, you terrified me from the prospect of potentially entering the political realm one day. Not really one I was considering, but still. it it seems like it's a huge commitment. So what originally inspired you to take that leap? Or before we get into that, could you tell tell us a little bit about what you did prior to politics? Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say that I, uh, I never wanted to become a politician, but still the politics was part of my life. I think it's quite important because um, I was brought up in a family Uh, in which we were following the news, the, the, the politics of our country, of Europe, of, of the other countries. So we were always speaking about the politics. Um, I, I studied, um, I studied uh, to become a teacher. Then I, I work at the university. I became an academic. Uh, I, I got my doctoral degree in American and British literature. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I was teaching American studies. Uh, here um, in my uh, uh, republic, in my country, in uh, Palatsky University, uh, but also I traveled uh, a lot uh, to to other countries because I was internationally active, not only conferences, but also lecturing. Mm -hmm. So I spent some time in the US. Uh, I spent some time in other European universities like Trinity College or some universities in Latvia, uh, Germany, Austria, wow. uh, and so on. Uh, and I have to say that I was highly maybe influenced uh, by, of course, I said my family, but also by my professor at the university um, okay. because he was into American studies. And, and while uh, you teach American studies, you, you, you know, you are much more uh, interested in the civic society and in the role of people in this uh, society and democracy. It's somehow blurred. 
and my professor used to be a senator here in our country. I and, see. And, and, and uh, throughout all our studies, uh, we were really talking quite intensively about the role of the intellectual in the society um, and uh, the role of maybe... Um, educated people and uh, once you get the education and the support from the community you have to uh, or you're supposed to take it uh, or give it back uh, to the community as well it can be done by voluntary work it can be done by many other uh, things and it can be done also by uh, by like um, uh, being active in this kind of public affairs I mean you don't have to become a politician but you have to you have to um, share your opinion about important things that are going on and so on and so on. So I guess that this was the path to the politics, but um, it was just an accident because I, when I was into languages and American studies, I got an offer from a member of European Parliament to become his uh, assistant to interpret him. So this work was kind of you know, dream job for me to work for the European Parliament, to be in touch with so many people from all over the Europe. Yeah. And uh, uh, so I, ex I accepted this position and it was really interesting to see the European political life, but it was also depressing to see into the, I would say, guts of the politicians. Sure. Uh, because you were part of many meetings. Of course, you couldn't talk about the meetings, but uh, suddenly you got to know these famous politicians, especially the Czech ones. You know, I was I was following since I was a child and uh, in this face-to-face -face contact, which was uh, informal, uh, you realize they are completely different uh, people with a different motivation. And it was very stressful and... Uh, uh, I, I got completely disillusioned uh, from the state of being, saying that um, the media kind of um, uh, portraits of these pictures were completely different than their real reality. And yeah. I was disgusted by the political situation in our country. And uh, this kind of um, disillusionment, which led to my leaving of the job, uh, connected with maybe my... Uh, academic background and my professor's thought led me uh, to the decision which I made saying I mean if you want to you can complain about the situation or you can do something with the situation and once like the only thing how to change the things is that uh, is try to do these and once uh, once uh, some different type of people uh, go to politics this is the only way how to change it so this was my motivation i started to be active uh, not only like campaigning for for the party which i chose to cooperate with but also for other people like um, i campaigned in the presidential elections or i did some uh, important strikes uh, for important thoughts on um, the environment like the environment protection or okay. or some some other things so i was an activist i was a volunteer and uh, i was also um, candidate and these uh, years of the volunteering uh, finally made uh, uh, or led to to the position I was able to get after four active years and became a vice mayor after the elections in 2018. Wow, wonderfully said, wonderful summary there. Uh, you hit on so many good points. I'm trying to remember the ones that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I think the number one thing is that you said, rather than just complaining, you need to be active to influence change. And of course, we just wrapped up an election in the United States, or I should say they, I'm not there. But the consistent theme throughout Donald Trump's presidency was complaining. And I understand there were a lot of things to complain about every day. There was no shortage, but I saw very little action. And I don't want to say that people are lazy. I think people just don't know how to act. They don't know how to influence the situation. Before I met you, I would have no idea how to influence any sort of political situation in the United States, rather than to tweet something which, 
you know, just angers people more and it, it doesn't, it doesn't provoke positive change. So you spoke a little bit about being an activist and going to like, what type of events did you go to? How did you find these events? That type of thing. Uh, yes, um, you have to kind of maybe get into touch with people that are of the same opinion as, as you have. So because I, I, I got around the Czech political system, I started to work with the Pirate Party. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know, I will start from the beginning, you know, the, I'm, I'm not sure. The, the situation about the American presidential elections is interesting that people maybe didn't only complain, they really went uh, to vote because there were like much more votes uh, in these elections than before. And well, I think this true. is the beginning. This is the beginning. Yeah. I mean, any one of us can do something. You can go and vote because there, there are many people who simply complain and then they don't even like, uh, you know, uh, get up and, and, and vote for somebody. Right. Then you can, you can control the politician you voted for. So uh, you can go to assemblies, you can um, write an email, you can ask a politician, you can ask a politician to do something for you, you know, you can uh, give commands, but you can also uh, start um, changing the things on your own uh, and you can start with your own community, mm -hmm. you know, because um, uh, of course we want to change the president or, or the government, but we can't cope with our neighbor you know, for example. So, yeah. so these are the small things. And I really believe that once you start uh, to, uh, to, to change these kind of small things in your community, like, uh, you know, organize an event and I don't know, clean, clean the road or do some kind of, uh, you know, celebration in your neighborhood, or organize um, some kind of reading or some event, you know, uh, this is the beginning, then you can, uh, you, you have the community uh, you can work with and you can start uh, uh, expressing your opinions about uh, certain things you don't like and you want to change. And uh, it's also important not only to complain, but also to come up with a solution. So if you don't like something, tell me. This is what I tell, for example, the people who come to my office. Of course, so tell me uh, what, what the ideal solution for you is, because it's uh, very easy to say, I don't know, I don't like something, but it's much more difficult to define uh, for example, how to get rid of the problem, how to solve a problem, how to make the things uh, work better. Uh, it's about talking to people. It's about uh, showing them that it, it is possible to change the things and you don't even have to be a politician or in a certain position. You just need to be active. Uh, you need to uh, to know how the things work because very often uh, people criticize something and they don't even know where to criticize it right yeah, so uh, people come uh, to me say change it and I said oh this is something I can't change you are in the wrong building in the wrong office and you are speaking to a wrong politician so even like uh, I used to be a teacher which was also part of some kind of um, shaping uh, of the future like, influencing the community yeah influencing the community because uh, teaching literature and i was teaching about the society and i was teaching critical thinking and uh, like um, uh, expressing yourself expressing your thoughts so there are many ways how you can uh, improve the things change the things working with community uh, doing something good so uh, and then it's just the combination, uh, as I said, because I was active, I, I was active in my community, many people started to know me, so then, you know, uh, I was able to, go, to get the votes of the people and, and, and uh, came to a position in which I came, and this is not only my work, it's, it's work of my colleagues, and not only in this city, but in the whole country. Uh, about the cooperation and about changing of the things and about uh, also support and trust you have yeah. to have. You know, my, my um, observation of Czech society and culture was that it's a much, much more localized culture. It seems like people have a greater sense of community there than, than I've witnessed in the States. And Part of that, I think, is kind of just the scale of the country. It's a very small country. And 
you know, it's much more walkable in the city centers, that type of thing. So people get to know the, the people that live around them. Uh, but that is a great point that you made. People are so concerned about politics, the things that they see on social media and in the general media, but they don't know their neighbors these days. And I think, yeah, you make an excellent point. You don't have to become a politician, but just be active in your community. And so much of American politics these days has become about demonizing the other. You know, we have these two main parties and you either belong to this one and you, you heavily disagree with the other or vice versa. And it's like, there is very little productive dialogue going on. It's like, so people are so unwilling to listen and actually sit down with someone and get to know them and hear why they think the way they do rather than just what they tweet. Yeah, I think, but it's, it's the same everywhere. You know, uh, it kind of uh, surprises me what you uh, said about American community because uh, just as a, as a person who who spent some time in the US, I have the opposite point of view, okay. but we share, we, we, we share the experience because you were here in, in the Czech Republic for some time and, and you, you thought that the community works better here. I think that the community in the US works better. Uh, people maybe um, talk more in the US than we do here. We are more like close. We, we don't really communicate when, when you get lost. I'll agree with that. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's true. So, so, so it's different, but um, uh, okay, now I got lost because I wanted to say something. Yes, but we also demonize the other. You know, there is the, the there is the prime minister and the opposition fights against this man, uh, as well as I don't know, people fight against Trump, and it's not only about one person; it's about the whole system, and it's very difficult to. Uh, to maybe describe or explain people that they are good and bad politicians and they are good and bad people in any party. Sure. It's just about the, the, the results of the work. It's about the cooperation. It's about the discussion, finding the, the, the priorities and, and the common goals. And it's about uh, uh, listening uh, to, to the second person and not only about talking. So, or expressing own thoughts. So this is something which uh, is absent in politics, I would say worldwide, and there are only exceptions who can do that, but maybe people see it and they are looking for the alternatives uh, of the people who try to change it and um, who, who try to see it from a different perspective or point of view. So how would you recommend that people educate themselves on politics in general or on specific politicians. Because when I was doing my research prior to the election, I really struggled to find concrete data, like actual bills that have been signed by this person, um, the things that they have prioritized over their career as a politician. Uh, because the first 10 pages on Google are all just tabloid media, because that's uh -huh. what sells. That's what people promote these days. It seems very difficult to actually discover what a politician believes in and the things that they want to achieve when mm. when in office well i think that it's it's very clever to start from the lowest ranks of the politics so that uh, it's 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 not really i mean there are people who simply candidate to become a senator without any previous knowledge or uh, like uh, to, to become a deputy of a parliament I think it's better to get the experience from the various levels of the politics. So starting with your community, you know, like being uh, being a representative of a town hall gives you the experience of uh, uh, knowing how the system works, what what, uh, what what is important to do, and what are what are the competences of uh, of the. Uh, parts of the cities, uh, cities, counties, and and then uh, then you can like uh, get higher to the parliament because I think this practical knowledge from the regions gives you much better perspective on the things. Uh, but um, maybe prior to that, I think it's it's not really good to become a politician when you are young. 
sure. uh, I think um, you have to be interested in politics from your maybe childhood and follow the politics. But I think a politician, uh, first of all, should be successful in some uh, some other job uh, and get the expertise in something. So I'm a vice mayor of education and I've been working in the education for whole of my career. So uh, I would never be able to uh, maybe um, decide about the things connected with investment or finances or or I don't know um, green economy or ecology because I'm not an expert so I believe that you should you should devote the majority of your political life to change the thing in something you you understand I mean that and makes you, total sense but then and you you have the experience in because otherwise you don't know what you are talking about so yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, your motivation is, okay, I was a teacher. I know what's wrong about the system of education in our country, and I want to change it. Absolutely. And I will start from the scratch. So I will start in my town or in my city. So I'll try to help my schools. And uh, suddenly I see the situation not from the point of view of a teacher, but from the point of the uh, person uh, on the other side, a politician. I see the money. Uh, I, I can change the priorities of financing. I can mm -hmm. help teachers to do their things better. And uh, I, can, uh, I can get higher in that, uh, started, uh, starting uh, talking about the laws that needs to be changed in order to uh, improve the system of education in our country. So the, the, this is, I think, the way to go. And uh, because, for example, now my team uh, has 30 people so I'm in charge of 30 people it, it's quite uh, it was quite difficult for me to to get these kind of uh, leadership skills because uh, as a teacher I used to work on my own I had my colleagues and you know I had my uh, even in the party I had my fellow I don't know uh, colleagues that I was cooperating with yeah. uh, but I was not leading anyone so now I, I'm leading 30 people but when you become a uh, for example a minister suddenly you have the whole house of people I don't know 1000 people and you have your <laughs> uh, you, you have your uh, you know you have the the scale of the management skills you also need to to be good at so uh, being this po the, the politician is quite complicated because you need to have the expertise in some field you want to change because you can't uh, talk about environment one day and then go to, um, I don't know, the business and then to education. I, I don't believe this is good. You need to have some kind of uh, communication skills and social skills uh, in order to negotiate, in order to cooperate, in order to, um, to tolerate and to listen. And uh, you also have to have some management skills. Uh, so it's, it's quite complex, uh, uh, complex thing. Yeah. yeah, and for the voters, it seems difficult to get to know the beliefs of a politician. And as you've mentioned, like for someone interested in a career in politics, start from the ground floor, start at the lowest level, get to know how things work and work your way up from there perhaps that could be advice for voters as well. Get to know your local politicians. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that these type of people are much more likely to respond to emails or even more, more likely to meet you in person. Like I'm sure you would be happy to, to meet someone who had questions. And mm -hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe that would work for people getting to understand a party better as well. Yeah, and it, like the higher you go, you know, the more expertise you have, but also the more people knows you. And uh, I think what is the worst thing that you lose touch with the people that even yeah. though you are a prime minister or a president, you should still be in touch. There are many politicians, even uh, in the city, for example, that decide uh, things from the table. I, I go to the, uh, I go to the city, I go to the schools, I go to the sport clubs, I, mm -hmm. I talk to people on everyday basis, I want to see everything, how it works, uh, because once you start making decisions from your office table, then it's wrong and you also lose touch with the reality, which, yeah. which, which is a thing that happens to many politicians, I guess, as well.
And I think people can feel it because suddenly, you know, they know you, they, they know what you do. They start to even like follow you on social networks. They start to be interested in your works. And it's also very important how, how you talk to people on, on social networks and how you share the results of your work and how you communicate with them. Uh, because uh, the more they know about your work, the better they understand your work and they simply know you are doing quite a lot, but you can't do everything. You can't change certain things. So it's even about like the constant communication with the people in order to understand what you do and what you can do and what you can't do and what you are actually doing. It's important. You you should be watched all the time and we we politicians should be watched all the time and should be sure. should be should be all the time ready to to communicate to answer the, the questions and to say why we do things and what we did and uh, be transparent in everything yeah i love that well meeting you has really it's changed my perspective on politics because you are a person i've gotten to know you and i think that people should have that perspective on politicians. They're just people doing a job. And I think most people, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most people get into politics because they want to change things for the better. They have good motivations, at least when they begin. And of course, some people become corrupt, but it seems like, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it, it depends. I'm workaholic, you know, so... Yeah. Um, mm, it it um, makes the situation easier for me because I really spend the whole day at work and I love it and I love uh, love to do what I love. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I call it I, I saw it in the European Parliament actually I call it the syndrome of a red carpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure maybe uh, maybe there is some uh, some English word for that. But I when you that. come to uh, when you come uh, to a position, the higher the worse. Uh, you can very easily get used to certain benefits you have. Like sure. um, not only like the things you have nice office, you suddenly you have assistant, you have, I don't know, a car, which I don't because I'm still using my own car, which which is one of the reasons why I do it. Mm-hmm. So you, you simply uh, get to used to, to your position, having the benefits, but also like... Uh, from from one day to the other, uh, people start behaving to you in different ways. So uh, I used to be an ordinary teacher, an ordinary woman, and suddenly I became uh, became a deputy mayor, and and every, everyone was suddenly oh you know I I I I felt like I I was a semi god or something because for example because you are really in a position you decide about important things and and people. Uh, people think uh, you are very important, so they behave to you accordingly. Yeah. And this is very dangerous things because uh, suddenly you realize you have the power and uh, you get used to it. You get used to these like perks of, of being in a powerful position. Uh, you, you got used to the fact that people um, like look up to you and you can get crazy out of that. I'm sure. So, yeah. so what I try to do every day, and that's why, for example, I, I don't know, I keep my own uh, small car, which is completely uh, not a good uh, car for a vice mayor <laughs> 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 because it's not representative, but I'm just an ordinary person. So uh, when I get to my car, I, I realize, okay, I'm a normal person. I'm not something extra. I don't, uh, I try not to gather the perks i i try to be um equal to my um uh, to my officers at work uh, uh, and every day i get up uh, with uh, with the thought that you this is the important thing about politics because uh, maybe you are elected for four years but it doesn't matter you you will be a vice mayor for a whole uh, um period you can be dismissed uh, like any time you know it's okay. it's uh, it's uh, nothing uh, nothing which is like for granted you have no contract uh, you you have nothing you never know what can happen uh, your your uh, you can get into a difficulty you can have an affair even though you didn't cause it or your colleagues from the assembly may have an affair uh, 
So you, you can simply uh, lose this position from day to day. So it's very good to uh, remind yourself of that, uh, that you uh, now you are in power, but tomorrow you can be nothing. Uh, it's important to remind yourself that you, so, you serve the people, mm-hmm. not to yourself, that you don't have your own kind of interests and goals, but you, you want to make the life uh, better for the others. And, and it's, a, it's, it's a service you do for the people. And uh, this is the only way how not to get crazy out of the position maybe and how to uh, keep the clear head maybe and and not to get corrupted and not to lose the perspective uh, on things and still see the things from the point of view of a like normal person. Yeah, it seems to me that you do a great job of that. I know you're very active in the community and obviously so. it's I difficult so. now, but yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, there are many people. So of course you have you have some fans, but you also have some uh, people who criticize your work. And it's it's also good to listen to people who criticize your work because sure. there, there always can be something about what they say. Uh, you can lose the perspective or you can't you can't always see the things from all the angles and and uh, and you can get lost yeah so it sounds like you listen to both sides of the spectrum you listen to what people have to say and i suppose that sort of influences how you proceed right yeah yeah i try i try to listen even to my opponents and uh, i try to find something in their criticism how to make things even better or maybe even how to explain the things better so that they can understand that this decision is good so it's it's a lot about explaining and talking and uh, dialogue between uh, different people sometimes it's very really difficult sometimes you just you know close everything and you shout uh, yeah. <laughs> at your dog uh, or at your <laughs> your closest people because you're angry but it's good to shout it out and then to to sit down and and um, renew the dialogue with with the people who criticize you and be patient sure so i know your schedule is constantly changing and these days it's a little different but prior to covid what was a typical day like for you like a typical schedule well um i usually start around eight uh, o'clock um i have usually a lot of meetings during the day uh, with the people from i, I call it from the outside like the uh, representatives of some um, education institutions sports club people who want to talk to you but also uh, the uh, the uh, inhabitants of Ostrava the, that, that want to talk about certain things. Um, I, I have, uh, I, I said I'm responsible for 30 people who work for me. So I try to um, have some uh, meetings with them as well, uh, check on their work, um, uh, be sure that everything is going on because the agenda at the office is quite high. Uh, I also have some pri- uh, some. Um, regular meetings of course of the uh, city council mm-hmm. uh, i also have the meetings with the uh, fellow colleagues from my party because they we we have a lot of a uh, lot of organization meetings and of course they want to know what i'm doing at the office and and we try to help uh, the other cities or we try to communicate within the cities but also with our parliament members and and cooperation so it's the political work on the level of the uh, party. It's the um, kind of management of, of my uh, whole department. It's mm-hmm. meeting with the people, uh, whoever they are. And uh, this is how it usually works uh, from maybe 8 a.m. till, I don't know, four or five. Some press conferences sometimes, uh, of course, some assemblies. And usually um, in the afternoon and uh, in the evening, I, I am 
visiting um, sports events because I'm responsible for sport in in our city as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so so in in the morning I can go to schools or to watch some activities there, but in the afternoon I usually go to some sports events. Uh, it, it's it's good for me to know how the things work. I'm meeting there the representative of the clubs and and the other things. So it's not only like going there as a spectator, but working there. Yeah. Many of these events are held in the uh, in the uh, city uh, uh, city buildings, which I'm responsible of, like the stadiums and and swimming pools and and other things. So. Usually I combine that with the meetings with the people who are in charge of these uh, properties so that I know uh, they work well. Um, uh, there are many events at the weekend as well. So usually I spend weekend uh, like uh, participating, usually maybe even five, uh, five events per day. Uh, And you consistently travel to Prague as well, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I go to Prague uh, to to visit uh, the the fellow uh, members of parliament or or uh, deputy uh, deputies or, or or senators. So, yeah. How do you how do you decompress? How do you find time for yourself? Um, it's quite it's quite difficult. I have to say, I I have to say that I like I like culture, so I I really enjoy the cultural events I'm invited to as a vice mayor. Sure. And uh, I uh, I try to go jogging at least at the weekend just to mm -hmm. to uh, switch off completely. Uh, and now during the COVID, it's it's much easier to find the time for yourself. But during the normal year, it's quite difficult. I struggle even with some eating habits because it happens to you that simply you have one meeting after the other, and in the evening you realize you didn't eat anything during the day. So I have to watch for that as well. You need a chef. You should have a personal chef. Well, actually, this is fun because uh, when I when when I came to my office during the first day, I I told my assistant, actually, I don't know what I'm going to do with you because I have never had an assistant, and you know, I I I have everything in my head and so on. Now uh, I can't live without my ex assistant. I mean, yeah. she organizes my time, she organizes my weekends, she organizes everything. Uh, I even like forgot my phone pin, so I had to text her to send me the pin of my <laughs> phone because there's so many things I don't remember anything anymore. I I just have my calendar, I have my I have my phone, and I have my assistant, and I can't really have uh, these like benefits I was talking about, like having a driver, having an assistant, are simply necessities in this sure. way. You simply move from one place to the other and meet uh, the person. So she prepares everything. And I'm grateful for that because otherwise it wouldn't be manageable to, to do this in, in, in such respect. That's But probably. as I said, I'm crazy. I need, I need to slow down a little bit. I need to find more time for myself. Otherwise, uh, I will get crazy or I will not hold on uh, in this work for longer time. I think it's really important to spend some time Uh, I admire uh, all the people with families that they have, for example, children, because yeah. I, I, I am, I'm single, I have my dog, the dog suffers, but it's still a dog. But I can't imagine living this life uh, with, for example, kids or with a partner. But I think yeah. that that's why it's important to find the balance, but I'm still looking for this one. Sure. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like you keep busy. Uh, and coming from a literature background, it must be frustrating that you, I can't imagine you have much time to sit down and read uninterrupted. Oh, for like uh, the last, uh, the last two years, I was simply buying the books only. Yeah. So now during the COVID, while uh, we don't have the events at all, so I'm free in the evenings now, uh, I'm reading all the books I, I bought Wonderful. <laughs> within the last two years. So now I have some time to reading. and But I have to say that in the beginning, I uh, for the first one and a half year, I didn't read any book. I didn't read anything. I read just, you know, the papers for work. I read a lot. But, sure. <laughs> but, but uh, for work. 
I think that that speaks to what you said earlier about having a career, a career prior to politics, becoming an expert in a field, because once you are a politician, it doesn't sound like you have much time to, to continue educating yourself on a subject. So like you get new experiences, uh, you get better in communication, in, in leadership, uh, you, you get quite new information while you st- like study the materials and and move with the things but you don't really have like time to get the the new expertise or something yeah i think it's too that that's why i believe that maybe more experienced people should go to politics because um you should you should be ready for for such position sure but i'm kind of of the mindset that you know in the u.s it's very common to elect a very old man, a senior citizen to be president. And I kind of feel like most of the time people at peak cognitive ability are a little younger. Uh, It's, you know, it depends on the person, of course, but I often feel like maybe someone a little younger could be a little more relatable, a little more alert, a little more um, easy or quick to adapt to situations. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that we should continue to elect these 70 something year old men? <laughs> yeah, uh, 70 white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, white sure. 70 years old white man. Um, yeah, the situation is similar here because I'm quite young and uh, plus I am a woman. So uh, it's, it's very difficult to get the respect of the people because of your age and of course, because of your gender. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, something has to be done with that. When I was talking about the experience, uh, I mean, you don't need to have, I don't know, the 30 year old experience. I just, you need to do something. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, becoming, uh, I don't know, um, member of parliament when you are 18 is is really good. (laughs) I I just think it's not. But I think it's very good when you're 18 to start to be interested in the things you can, you you can become a member of some local uh, assembly or of your part of the town. And uh, you can help the more experienced politicians and you can, you can uh, learn from these experienced politicians, but you're not simply in in some high position. Yeah, you, 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 you are not responsible for the decision of making of some important things because you simply learn. So I think it's uh, important uh, when uh, the, the world of politics is inhabited by people of all the ages, of from 18 to, I don't know, 100 and whatever, uh, when it's inhabited by women and men, by the single people and family people, because each person has completely different point of view. I mean, somebody has kids, somebody doesn't have kids, you know, sure. people, people have different experience, different points of view, and then it's about the discussion. But it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very bad once uh, any political body, let's say, is formed by homogenous group of people of the same gender age experience this is also bad so i was talking about the career of a politician and the career uh, should be uh, like continuous so you can't expect to become a professional when you are 20 but it's good to be interested in politics it's good to participate it's good to be active it's good to be uh, active in your community Mm -hmm. and it somehow gets uh, developed um uh, the only disadvantage is that you can't plan the things because you can't plan whether you uh, win or lose in the elections. You can't plan how many votes you get. You can't plan uh, what the structure of the uh, institution uh, you got voted to is because uh, you don't have to be a member of a coalition because there are parties that want that don't want to cooperate with you. So you don't you, you can't plan many things, but yeah. you can do a lot of things. And you the important thing is to stay independent and to know why you do these things and to have the commitment and to have the energy and motivation. And that's it. And to be flexible. And to pursue the things that interest you, right? I mean, you pursued an interest in literature and now that led to politics. And I think for me, before I met you, thinking about politicians if or someone interested in politics, I know the most common route in the U.S. is to study law, 
to go to law school, become a lawyer, that type of thing. Uh, and that's great if you want to work, if you want to work in law and focus on law and politics. But it's, it's very interesting to me that you can be a politician in different fields. I mean, there, there's a variety of needs in any community and you're able to address those. But uh, on the other hand, it's not so far away uh, the American literature from from the politics because if you have a look at the American literature, it's it's very often a social um, kind of uh, you know I'm commentary. Into, uh, I'm into female writers. I'm into African American writers. So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the fiction of African American writers is full of politics. It's about democracy. It's about the equality. It's about the history. I mean, wh- once you study literature, you study uh, you study history and society, mm-hmm. and uh, the American literature is full of uh, kind of like civic kind of attitude and approach. And literature tries to change the perspective on the things and tries to maybe show the alternative reality or tries to highlight some problems in the society. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like even literature is a way to change the things, not only politics, but it's in American uh, in American perspective, it's so close because it's so social and so political. There are so many political themes, at least in, in the books I was always interested in. So uh, like for me, it's natural, you know, so while I was teaching literature, I was teaching students how to think critically. Uh, We were sharing our points of view. We were uh, drawing similarities and differences between, let's say, the, the, the problem of the book and our reality. Uh, look at look at all those books like Huckleberry Finn. I don't know Walden, uh, American Tragedy, uh, Beloved. You know they are all political books. Racism, um, poverty. Yeah. You know all these topics are there, and and there is always a criticism uh, of these kind of. Uh, things and uh, maybe the only thing what literature doesn't do is that uh, the literature doesn't find or doesn't offer the solution I was talking about maybe. Sure but it provokes critical thinking and it it inspires people to or encourages people to have individual thoughts and that's what I would like to see more of in modern society. Mm -hmm. I am a huge proponent of reading. I don't always take my own advice. I wish I read more. All right no that's that's a bad way of looking at it. I am going to read more. <laughs> I'm making the pledge. You just mentioned several novels that have had influence um, in your life. Are there any others which you would recommend that people, anyone, but particularly younger people who are searching for a path, any novels that they should read? Well, it's difficult to say because the older I am, the more classical books I try to find because I realized I, I like modern literature. I like 20th century literature. And, uh, but but on the other hand, uh, if, if you read, and I think you need to uh, find a good time for that because if you read a book like Walden, which I mentioned, or mm-hmm. even if you read like Benjamin Franklin's autobiography, these are like 200 old books, 200 yes. years old books. Yeah. But they are so they are so topical. They are so modern. There there are thoughts that I mean, read Franklin's autobiography, and you don't have to read any other self help book of the twenty first century. All these kind of modern nonfiction kind of things. If you read closely and if you read well, so uh, it, like the older I am, <laughs> the more I go into tradition. But uh, I like you know the book of revolts. Uh, of the revolts of the individual, mm-hmm. like um, even like the, the my my perhaps most important and uh, my most favorite uh, play in my life, Tennessee Williams' uh, Streetcar Named Desire. You know, uh, like I the, don't the, the the revolt of Blanche Dubois. That she was she was weird. She was living in the world of her own. Nobody understood her. Uh, it, it's very sad, but uh, it, sh- it it quite nicely shows how the perspective of the things is important and uh, how valuable the life of the individual is. I like mm-hmm. Toni Morrison's books. Uh, I like uh, I like, uh, but also like not only American literature, but for example, uh, Welsh transporting for for, for young people or. Okay. 
it's difficult to say. I mean, if you if you ask a literature person what's the most uh, interesting uh, book, uh, it's difficult to say because I have loads of books. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, you've given us a great place to start. And, I am definitely going to look for uh, Franklin's yeah, and, autobiography. Yeah, and it's also important. I mean, when I was 18, I was crazy about Kerouac's On the Road. Mm -hmm. uh, while I reread it in my late 20s, I was disappointed. So it's always it always depends like when you read it, how old you are, and maybe not only about age but your experience. Definitely, and I think rereading is it can be really valuable as well because you you can it says so much about how you've changed as a person. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Have you ever read Cormac McCarthy? Yeah, I quite like the road. Uh, McCarthy's road. This was my oh, yeah, favorite. He did write that. I haven't read it. This is quite inspirational uh, book, really. That that it's very existential. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's completely different uh, to other of his books because yes. uh, there are these like it's post-apocalyptic but very philosophical, okay. uh, uh, not so ironical and not so messy as the other books. I would say so. It's 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 really completely different. I really like his writing style. He doesn't use much punctuation and that allows, he, he once said that that was because he didn't want to interrupt the flow of the reader. So he wants you mm. to just continue reading. Mm. Um, I recently read All the Pretty Horses and I found it in a thrift shop in Ostrava for like 72 crowns. So that was an excellent <laughs> find. I really enjoyed that one. That one follows a Texas teenager who flees to Mexico on horseback and there's a bits of Spanish sprinkled in. It was perfectly relevant to my life. So really <laughs> yeah, so that, that's it. I'm, I mean, I like female characters because I'm a woman, you know. Yeah. Uh, I like people who revolt because I like to revolt. So sure. I like the books that are about revolution, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's the, the this kind of like uh, maybe French postmodernism in a way like Foucault's thoughts um, that uh, anyone who is different is simply crazy or strange because we live in the society that likes to put the people into these kind of like you know um, um, categories or categories yeah. yeah once you don't fit in you are put either uh, into a psychiatric clinic or into a prison yeah. Or you are simply, uh, you know, an outsider in the society, conformists, you know, all these yes. kind of books about uh, American dream, mm -hmm. Great Gatsby. Yeah, you know, once, yeah, of course. You go, once you don't fit in, you are out. So, so, so these are these are my favorite kind of ideas and thoughts. I, I think because I mean every every everyone thinks uh, he or she is special, and we are special because everybody is different. But I think in this kind of consumer society in which we live, it's very difficult to 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 be original. It's very difficult not to conform to all these things we are pushed to, whether it is even career or. I don't know, you know, family, life, um, or other things, fashion, yeah, of I mean, course. Yeah, even just finding your own way through life. I mean, there's so much external pressure to conform. And, you know, social media allows us to connect with people that we never would have been able to connect with before. You know, maybe some person from high school, some person you shared a class with. Um, but I think when we're viewing these things, it's more pressure to be like that person and to, to question yourself. Like, am I doing the right thing? Cause this person just got married and this person just had a kid and I'm still, you know, I'm still traveling. I don't know what I'm doing. That type of pressure to conform is, is blaring. But like we are, we are under pressure or our life. Maybe the it's, it's, it's just easier to realize that uh, this is just an imaginary pressure 
Yeah. Because as I said, everybody is original. And on one hand, we want to revolt. We want to be original. On the other hand, uh, in a way, we want to be the same as the other ones because we don't want to. That, that's what the system does to us. We don't want to get out of the system because we want to be loved by the people, by your family that tells you, oh, when will you get married? When will you have children? When will you have a constant job or something? And I think these are the limitations of our lives. Um, maybe if if I if I thought this way, I would never become a politician because it's so unstable and it's so unsure and it's so under um, like demanding and yeah. um, and so on. So uh, I think we should simply like find our own strategy of life and don't turn around and uh, turn back. Yeah. Uh, so many people don't want to get divorced because what the other people would say about getting a divorce. Many people simply stay in the same job for the whole life because why would they have to change it? They they have a good job and they want to do completely different things and they are unhappy all their lives, but it's much more comfortable because of the family to, to stay in the job. We don't want to risk. We, we, we think that... Um, uh, we live in or we have our own securities but once you find out that nothing is secure once you i don't know lose somebody in your life who dies or once you sure. lose your job and not planned and it can move you somewhere completely different you realize that these securities are just like surreal that it, they are they are imaginary because nothing is secure in life and you can choose either to to live a life which you want to live and try to live the life you want to live or i don't know conform to something just because you are lazy or because you are afraid or because um, you are pushed by somebody else it's it's difficult though. i mean it seems that i know how to live but uh, it's it's evolving and everybody <laughs> That's an excellent point as well. You know, like with this podcast, I want to introduce people to different perspectives of life and I want to comment and speak from my own experience, but I am in no way an expert. You know, it is constantly evolving and <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly looking to improve things as well. But um, that's what, that's what's fun about life, isn't it? That it's yeah. changing because if it was the same all the time, it would be completely boring. So every, every change hurts. But I guess that every change brings something new, something interesting, something good. Absolutely. And I think just fulfilling your curiosities and pursuing the things that interest you, I mean, it's, it is the pursuit, right? Because no matter where you are in life, um, it's, not, it's not the title. You may be president uh, and there's nowhere higher to go, but it's about the process of getting there. That's mm -hmm. what seems to be the joy of it. That's what I try to tell myself any, every day anyway. And that's how the profession of everyone should look like, not only of, of, of mine, only yours, but it's about the development. And that's what I try to say. Yeah, yeah. as well. Well, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but I read a book a couple of years ago called Tribe by a journalist, Sebastian Junger. And the concept of the book is about um, the sense of community and how humans seem to work best in a community of about, I think it's about 30 people. Um, because they have meaning in their community, they kind of rely on each other. So while we live in a consumeristic society where it's difficult to have individualism, I would actually encourage people to immerse more in their community, not conform, but to immerse. And uh, yeah, I think in doing so, then we might feel a little more free to be ourselves. Mm. Mm. That's one of the things I love about the town I live in here in Spain. It has around 40,000 people. Um, we've got this great old town and we don't have a shopping mall. So the old town, that's where people live. It's filled with storefronts, small boutique shops, no chain stores. And it just, it feels like a relic. I hope that COVID doesn't render it extinct. I think that's entirely possible. A lot of shops have had to close because of the virus, um, but I hope it can hold on for a little while longer at least. 
I hope so. And I think that this is it. This is about the crisis that is going on that maybe we should take as an, take it as an opportunity and move, uh, maybe not get back, but move somewhere else uh, to make it more sustainable and, and working because suddenly during the COVID crisis, you realize that these small shops uh, work much better, even from the hygienic reasons. They are run yeah. by the local people. It's local business, which you really need uh, for your economy to go on. You don't need to have these kind of big international chains. And suddenly when, when the shops are closed, uh, then you realize that uh, uh, you don't need certain things, that you don't need these things in your life, that you don't need to go shopping for clothes every second day or, I don't know, every week, that you don't yeah. need to buy all the unnecessary things that you simply... Uh, just like waste your time or spend your time shopping because maybe it's ritual and you you don't have to think how to spend your time so you simply go to the shop sure so... yeah well i hope things improve there in the czech republic um but i am glad that you're getting a little bit more time for yourself it's great to hear that you have some time to read and Thank you so much for always taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with me while I was living there. And I've <laughs> really enjoyed catching up. I hope to do so again soon. Yeah, I, I thank you as well, because of course, all the meetings are very pleasant for me. So, and it's, it's always nice to talk to somebody outside of this bubble, which now I inhabit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so Andrea, thank you well. for that. Take care and we'll talk soon. Okay, so uh, take care and hope we will make it through this kind of COVID. Yes, yes. All right, goodbye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you like the podcast, remember to please subscribe and leave a review if you have the time. More conversations coming soon. Goodbye.